it's CJ, and here's the guy that inspires every left-handed pickleball player everywhere to switch to right-handed. It's Chris Allen. Thank you, CJ, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball. My name is Chris Allen, joining you today from Asheville, North Carolina. One gentleman that I have always looked forward to having on the show, whether as a co-host or as a guest, is from Collingwood, Ontario, Canada, Third Shot Sports. He's good at both things, and today he's a very special guest because he has a special milestone announcement. Of course, I'm talking about Mark Renison. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Doing great. And let's go ahead and get to your super special milestone announcement. I didn't want to say it. I wanted you to be able to say it. So here it comes. Uh, well, we are pleased to announce that after two and a half years, we have now just hit one million YouTube views. Yeah! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's you the party I was looking for. Views. They said it wouldn't last and that you had no talent, but <laughs> you've got a million views. Congrats to you, Mark Renison of Third Shot Sports with a million views. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I was um, not. I was not expecting the band to show no, up. But well, nobody expects the band to show up. And by the way, they didn't say you had no talent and it wouldn't last. No, you've you've got a ton of talent. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised because every time I put out a, a YouTube video, within the first like hour that it's public, I always get one down vote. There's always one down. I don't know who that person is, but they're like they're on the ball. When I put it out there, there's that one instant down vote. It's funny, even if it's something totally uncontroversial, it's like. Hey, mm -hmm. here's some guys playing pickleball. <laughs> Check out this great point. Downvote. I, I look at them sometimes and I think, you know, you can put a picture of a little puppy up there and it's like, there's just nothing. It's some, there's always somebody who's like, oh, I don't need another puppy picture. Down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but thanks. Yeah. It's something, um, you know what? I'm, I'm really proud of it. I never expected this. I even think back when we first made that very first video, uh, way back at Christmas time of 2014. Yeah. And, um, I don't know why I made it. I don't know what I was expecting. You know, we were supposed to be a really small little local business and maybe I just made a little video to like help some of those local students understand controlling direction or whatever it was. Never in a million years would I have guessed that we'd have a million views. So. Oh, well, but you deserve every single one of them because you've put yourself out there. You've done it week after week. You haven't just done X's and O's stuff. You put personality and fun and entertainment into the videos. It's it's kind of like in some ways uh, when I watch them, it's like pickleball itself where it's like, wow, I just got three hours of exercise and I didn't even realize it was exercising. And <laughs> right. sometimes with your videos, it's like, wow, I just learned three great things I can try out tomorrow. And, and I was having fun watching it and uh so you make it entertaining and you you definitely deserve every single one of those and a million more well thanks i'll take the compliment but you know what chris when people um write to us and say what they like about the videos or or why they watch mm -hmm. uh the number one reason that people give is that they're nice and short <laughs> that's what people like <laughs> so, yeah, yeah three know. three minutes i'm in i'm out it's done <laughs> it's over i can move on with my life it's like people really seem to value brevity these days so. yeah and the number um, two reason is lacy the dog Love a good yeah, Lacey the, I think number two, tied for number two, why people enjoy these videos um, are either my dog or child. And it's funny, I go to, to clinics wherever. I, I could be like a million miles away from home 
And someone says, oh, did you bring your dog with you? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> well, but, I want my um, money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Lacey, Lacey the dog and my daughter Cecily um, are people of prodigy. Yeah, it's, it's a real privilege to me. Like this, this whole YouTube video thing, it's really fun. It's a creative process. Um, I don't know if people have noticed, we don't have any ads in those videos. So we make zero dollars. That was a strategic decision we made. I want to make it fun and easy for people to watch and not have to click through ads. But it's been really fun and rewarding for me from a creative perspective to think about what are the videos we're going to make and how are we going to make it watchable and oh, my kid's over here. Great. You know, do you want to be in a video? Um, get my dog doing it. Like, it's been a real pleasure to be able to do this as, as part of my job. Well, it certainly has been a pleasure watching them. Let's talk about what we can learn from them, uh, what you've learned and then what you can pass on to us as players. You know, I would say that there's typically two kinds of videos I make. One, which is sort of really like technical, right? On the technical side of things, how to hit a backhand slice, how to control the direction of your serve, how to set up well so you can hit a powerful backhand. And then the other side, the other kind of videos are, hey, look at this cool thing that I saw the pros do, right? Or look at this unexpected little maneuver that they did. When it comes to the, the technique side of things, by far, the most popular videos that we make have to do with the serve. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, especially when it comes to hitting the serve with spin. I think one of the videos, I think I recorded it at the U.S. Nationals a couple of years ago, um, and it was all about, like, how do you hit a top spin serve? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and I don't know why, like, <laughs> why that one. Uh, I mean, I think it's a decent video, but, but people really seem to be into serving videos in general and serving videos um, involving spin. Okay. Well, what's the, what's the kernel, you know, in that video, what's the nugget that we take away from that video? How, what is the best way to hit a top spin serve? Yeah. So what we talked about were um, the things that matter. So one is the angle of the paddle. Uh, if you want to hit a top spin serve, the paddle face needs to be perpendicular, straight up and down. But of course, a spin on a top spin serve comes from brushing up the back of the ball. So with that open paddle face and that low to high swing, uh, you're going to pr produce some top spin. And the faster you accelerate up, the more spin you're going to create. So I think a lot of people are used to serving with an open paddle face, especially those people who serve using what we call the bowling action. It's nearly impossible to hit a good consistent top spin serve with that bowling action. The modern day servers, take your favorite players out there, they serve more like they're hitting a forehand. The paddle's still moving low to high, which it must because it's a, you know, that's one of the rules but it's moving low to high in a very small degree. And by being able to do that, you can still produce some topspin, but now really by accelerating up the back of the ball, players are able to make it rotate. And the benefit is you can hit the ball hard. You can hit the ball fairly high over the net, so it's more likely to go in. And the topspin helps that ball to then drop in the court so that you can play out the point. What I hope comes across in the video is we try to always connect technique to tactics, right? Pickleball is not like figure skating, where whoever has the best technique wins, right? It's not like you are playing a point and all of a sudden your opponent says, wow, that was a great follow through. Yeah. You know what? That's your point. No, <laughs> right? Like we, we use technique as a tool to implement a certain tactic, right? Whether that's to take away time from your opponents, whether it's, that's to buy time for yourself, whether it's to make someone move. So what I hope comes across in the video isn't just, hey, here's how you do something, but also here's why you might want to do it. And so then that way people will understand that it's not just technique for the sake of technique, but they can see whether it's me or whether it's the pros in action, you can see how that technique can actually help you play the game better. 
I still wish though, after like a, just a really good third shot, if I could just hold my paddle up and go, wait, I need to take two seconds here to admire my shot. Just, <laughs> just everybody right. pause. I'm calling a quick timeout. Wasn't that beautiful? God, that was beautiful. Okay. Resume play. That's, a, that's the thing that's so demoralizing about third shot drops. Not only are they really difficult to hit and you get punished if you hit them poorly. Think about it. When you hit a third shot drive, when you just smoke it at your opponents, if you hit it well, you're going to win the point outright right? Or they pop it up and you put it away. Like there's a, there's a real good reward when you play that drive. Yeah. When you play this far more difficult shot, a third shot drop or a fifth shot drop, whatever. If you play that more difficult shot and you hit it perfectly, the result is a slow moving ball directly to your opponents, <laughs> which are relatively easy, right? So, so yeah. you get no fanfare when you hit that shot well, mm. even though it's a more difficult shot, right? You need the band that you played earlier. You need the band coming out with the accordion. But no, the result it's is, yeah, exactly. great third shot. You couldn't do it, but now it's a great third shot. <laughs> exactly. So, you um, a great yeah, so shot. I mean, it's, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the funny things about pickleball is that this more difficult, high risk shot, the reward is so much less mm -hmm. than when you just smash it at someone. <laughs> Now, what about, we've talked about what, uh, I guess, the, the comments and, and what the viewers have sort of guided you to and, and, and what their favorite things are. You also, so many of your videos, like you mentioned, you when you go to Nationals or U.S. Open, you're not just there, you know, at the uh, Margarita Bar uh, with Linda Einsiedler. You're... You, can get, you can get some great video from the Margarita Bar. <laughs> but you're also taking video of pros and you've got hundreds of hours of videos and then you you, you get back to Canada and you wade through those hundreds of hours of videos and you, I think, notice things, uh, can see things that other people can't see just based on your expertise. And so I think you've learned a lot that way as well. What are some things that maybe the pros do that players like me don't do or what do they not do that I continue to do? Watching all the video, one of the things that stands out, and we've talked about this before, is how consistently and how effectively players set up to receive the ball. Yeah. We, we so often think about how we send the ball, right? Am I putting enough spin on? Am I hitting the right direction? Am I hitting hard enough? Am I hitting soft enough? Right? We think so much about projecting it, sending it away from us. But when you watch these videos again and again, and you're not watching the ball so much, but you watch a player prepare to receive the ball, clearly one of the things that separates people is how effectively they set up. Because imagine if you're trying to send a third shot drop or a lob or a drive, that requires a lot of precision. And if you're off balance, if you're reaching, if you're still moving, if you get jammed because you're too close to it, you set up poorly, your chance for success is so much less. And so I think by watching video, I encourage people, don't watch the ball so much. Just watch the player. Watch how consistently they set up to receive the ball to give themselves the best chance for success. And we should make you sure know. everybody knows by, by set up, you mean the, the footwork and the positioning uh, you know, with which they're getting ready to, to hit the ball, to strike the ball. Yeah, so when you talk about the setup, um, there's two elements. There's what your body does and what your paddle does. Um, if you set up you're with your body in the right place, but your paddle is not prepared, you've got a problem. But if you set up your paddle in a great place, but your body's not there, you've also got a problem. So... It's how, the, it's how the body moves and how the paddle moves. And so when you see players, let's say they're returning serve, you know, very often recreational players, I see it all the time, uh, they're moving through the shot or the ball's landing at their feet or they're stretching or they're, they're off balance. 
maybe they put the ball back in play, but they're less likely to put it back in play where they want. Whereas if you watch top players prepare to receive the serve, they work really hard so that they're on balance, so that their paddle's prepared before the ball bounces, so that if they're, you know, if they hit with a neutral stance or they're sideways to the net, that that happens before the ball bounces. It gives them a much better chance to play the shot the way they want. I have to tell you, just from a personal note, first time that you and I ever faced off against each other was at Pickleball Summit in Indianapolis. And I could not believe how quickly you set up. It was like you were psychic. It was like, how does he know? He's already setting up. You know, I haven't even hit the ball yet. And he's already setting up <laughs> to, to hit it back to me. So you, you definitely practice what you preach. A lot of it is just being able to judge where's that ball going? Is it going to my forehand? Is it going to my backhand? Do I have to move forward? Do I have to move backwards? Do I have to get out of the way because it's coming right at me? You know, it's a skill that can be practiced and developed and is vital. But it's one of the things when I watch video and I compare what I see with the pros to what I see on a more recreational basis, you're right. It's like they set up so much earlier than most people. Yeah. Not necessarily because they're psychic, although sometimes <laughs> it looks that way, but because they're so attuned to identifying where a ball is going to end up, that they're able to prepare far earlier than the average player. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously they're keying off of something. They're keying off my paddle or something like that. Uh, like, you know, when, when you and I played against each other, you're you're reading some signals. I just don't know what the signals are, but you do. So uh, you're able to set up quicker. It's like, how does he know I'm going to hit it there? I hadn't even uh, decided yet, but you knew. Yeah. Yeah, you're, well, so the, yeah, exactly. Like there's different kinds of anticipation. And sometimes you anticipate based on, let's say, the angle of the player's um, paddle. Sometimes you anticipate based on how their body is set up. Sometimes um, you can see if someone, let's imagine I hit a really um, wide dink out towards your backhand and I see you're stretching for it. Even before you hit the ball, I can anticipate that it's unlikely if you're stretching that you're going to be able to hit it back cross court to me because that requires you to hit the outside part of the ball. So in a way, I can sort of rule out the cross court. Now I was like, okay, I got to watch the down the line or the down the center kind of thing. So we can call that geometric anticipation based on where you are on the court. It's going to be hard to hit certain things so gotcha yeah all these things are factors and i i get it i empathize with sort of average recreational players who watch these pros play and like they make it look so easy yeah but you know if you have more time to prepare because you see something sooner well it is a little bit easier but it takes some practice yeah now what's something that uh, maybe you you see the pros not do that average players three five four players are doing they don't panic <laughs> <laughs> so we've all been there um, where you're scrambling for a ball because, you know, the return of serve was hit shorter and wider than you expected and you're chasing it down or someone's hit a great lob over your head and now you have to turn and run or uh, the ball comes really fast at you because you're in one of those um, bang bang rallies up in the kitchen line. Yeah. Uh, most of us in those situations when something comes fast or when we're not in position, when we're out of control, we're on defense. Most of us, panic and what that panic looks like typically is sort of a flailing of the paddle hitting the ball harder <laughs> yeah right whereas one of the things when you watch these players these pros when a ball's fast or at their body or they're chasing it or whatever typically they do the opposite they play a slower shot you know i've been thinking about it this way lately let's say there's a fire you're in a house or a building or something and there's a fire what you don't want is the person who when that fire alarm is going off runs around screaming 
that there's a fire, there's a fire, there's a fire. What are we going to do? We're all going to die. Right? What you actually want is you want the person who says, hey, wait a second. I think there's a fire extinguisher over here. Mm-hmm. Right? You want that person who can be calm even in a bit of an emergency. One of the things I notice from the top players is that in those emergencies, you watch their face, you watch their body language, you watch the shot that they send is typically one of calmness. One of, oh, I think there's a fire extinguisher over here, and that's called a drop into the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us, when we're under pressure, um, hit hard, and either that ball goes out or it goes in, but we're out of position and our opponents just block it back into the court and win the point. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, a calmer approach, one that is less panicky, is one to say, ooh, I'm in trouble. This is a time to play a slow shot that lands in the kitchen so that my opponents can't get it out of the air and so that I have time to recover and get back in position and sort of, that's what we mean by resetting the point, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big difference you can see in a lot of the video with the top players is even when they're on defense, they have the presence of mind and the skills, frankly, to play a soft shot in the kitchen, to reset the point, to go from an emergency where everything's on fire to at least dousing the flames a little bit. That's a great observation, and that has come from a million YouTube views. You've conquered that mountain. What do you? Uh, what's what's next for Third Shot Sports and for you? I got a few different things happening. So one is called one eight three three pickle B, and this is a hotline that people can call. I get tons of emails with people asking questions, even on our YouTube videos in the comments section. People ask questions, and so what we decided to do is let's set up a phone line, a hotline where you can call in, it's totally free. You leave your voicemail asking your question and uh, we're putting together a little radio show where uh, we're gonna answer your questions on the air, kind of like a little advice column. Nice. So, yeah, so one eight three three pickle b is the number people can call. It's okay. 100% free and just, you can leave your question about tactics, technique, etiquette, equipment, really anything you want. And I'll answer those questions for you. Well, of course, we'll link to that in the show notes as well as uh, to thirdshotsports.com. And everyone should really be on your email list, getting your newsletter, uh, just keeping up to date with what you're doing and where you're going to be. Everybody that takes a a clinic from you is definitely better off because of it. And so uh, definitely go to thirdshotsports.com. I mean, you've been to, you know, you... uh, Pickleball Summit in Indianapolis and then the Pickleball Summit here in Asheville. I mean, I saw it firsthand, uh, the the change that you bring about in people's game and uh, and and how you elevate people's game. And you certainly have done that with mine. I mean, whenever I step on the court, there's always a little Mark Rennison voice uh, on the on the side of my shoulder <laughs> whispering a couple of things, uh, key things in there. And, uh, and I'm a better player because of it and a better player because of uh, being able to to talk with you and listen to you and get your advice and watch your videos. So thank you so oh. much, Mark. Really well, thanks. I mean, you know, I've been really lucky in my life in different sports to work with really good coaches. There's not a single coach out there I know who hasn't stolen tons of stuff from other coaches, right? Whether that's a way to talk to people or communicate an idea or a way to sort of organize groups or drills you can do. So I'll take the credit, but really it's been me taking the best of what I've seen from other people and trying to use it as well as I can. Hope we can keep putting out some great content for people. Sounds good. And I look forward to having you back. And uh, whether, again, whether it's co-host, guest, or super special guest with a super special announcement, like a million YouTube views. (laughs) (laughs) 
Either way, we look forward to having you back, Mark. Thanks, Chris. It's been great. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.